Hi, I'm Daisy Mack and this is Spiritual Mixtape. I've been a little quiet lately and it's taken me by surprise because back in November we started, my husband and I, a little adventure and I thought that I would be updating from the road all the time. But the big lesson I've learnt, or I feel like I've been learning continuously throughout my life is no matter what you plan, plan for the unexpected. So I've written a ton of notes because I'm always nervous when I do these um, intimate off the cuff shares. And I don't know why, because if we were in a room together, you and me right now, I would talk to you and answer anything that you you had to ask me um, and if you said to me how has your last few weeks been or how has your traveling been I would have been like let me tell you everything <laughs> how much time do you have but sometimes with this format I get like scared and I think that that's probably another big lesson of the last few years. When I was young, I was really fearless. Uh, I really had nothing to lose. And that wasn't to do with, you know, uh, being young. You know that people always say youth is wasted on the young. Uh, sure, it had something to do with that. But I didn't come from a lot of wealth in the material sense. So risking something, like, you know, going for an internship, going forward for a job, what what did I have to lose? A face? Who cared about that when what I could win was so much greater than what I could lose? That kind of fearlessness really, um, through life experience, I don't want to say it got beaten out of me, but it was definitely pushed to its limit. <laughs> and I remember people saying, especially in my early 20s, how fearless I was. And I'd say in the last 20 years, because over these adventures I turned 40, I've got scared. And because I've been scared, I've tried to control what was in my power to control, being a bit of a planner. But these last few weeks have told me nothing is in my control. Like literally there are two things I have in my control and I've always known the first one, which is my emotions. But the second one is my ability to be present. Being present changes your whole experience. It is the most fearless thing that you can do. But let me stop being so cryptic and I'll just tell you what's been happening because I'm going to be cryptic again. <laughs> I am definitely in the midst of several different life cycles happening all at once, not necessarily my own. And I'm really learning to be able to not judge them, to not want to control them, to just let them be, hands off. 
Fear doesn't need to do anything here. I don't need to do anything. Everything's going to be okay. And just work through it. And I wanted to share this experience, not just like as an explanation of why I've been a bit quieter, but because I think we're all going through major life changes, dealing with grief. And we're trying to handle things differently. Like, who isn't a different person since COVID, you know? Like, who doesn't want to handle things differently? So I thought that if I shared my experience, it might be able to help. Oh my gosh, that was a very long-winded introduction. (laughs) So I'm going to start with the serious bit. We have three pets. You'll see them on my social media. If you come to my live classes, they're always in the background. I watched the pet in question just the other day walk into the front of my husband's Zoom and then put his nose right at the camera and I could hear everybody laughing on the phone. He is a real character. So we went to the desert for five weeks whole other story as to why the travel started, not for this episode. So you're just going to have to like put a pin in it, as they say, and just jump into this part of the story with me. But in the last week in the desert, um, I, yes, I dressed my pets up. I took them out of their Christmas collars, their holidays collars, and put their boring everyday collars back on. And my cat, Monty, his collar was really loose and I was looking at him and he didn't really look much different but it was significant and a few days after that I noticed that he was having trouble eating on one side of his little cat jaw. So I booked him in with the vets and we came back to LA and they confirmed our worst fears. And to be quite honest with you, when I went to the vets, I was in shorts, no socks. I was not prepared to be there all day. And then we were, uh, or I was there for eight hours as we tested Monty and found out that he had cancer. And it was a real shock because this is Thursday and I'm recording this on, on Wednesday. So it's a, just under a week and he only has days left now. And it's so terribly sad, right? Like it's obviously going to be sad. This little person has been with us for 11 and a half years. And while we're on this adventure, we have always, always, when we're thinking about like driving across country or where we're going to live next, we are always thinking about how we get Monty from place to place. We change our plans. We change Airbnbs. We change uh, house rentals if they won't take cats because he is part of our family. And before we finish our adventure, all of our trips, Monty won't be here anymore. So it's those big, sad life cycles that have taken me by surprise. And then there's all the practical matters of dealing with end-of-life treatment for our cats and 
I never knew half the things I've had to learn in the last 48 hours. I don't think I've ever cried so much either. Um, but since Thursday, I would never go to bed without checking where Monty was. Like I've always, he's always been quite independent. So I'd always want to find what hidey hole he was in and, you know, say goodnight to him. But I have been so present with him making the most of every moment and he is so present not necessarily with me because he's still a very independent grumpy old man but it, he is lying in the sun and soaking up every moment that he's here when he came into my life when he was a kitten I thought that our time would be endless obviously like you know you understand that there is an end date at some stage. But I've never given it too much weight. I've never given my own end date too much weight until I watched my dad go through cancer. And what I've been reminded of in these last six days with Monty is our snuggles weren't endless even though that's how he's always made me feel, our snuggles at some stage in the next week will come to the end. And it's okay, you know, because we've had a wonderful life with him and he's had a wonderful life. Like, he's has half of his jaw missing and one I never noticed because he didn't tell me. And he is still crunching his... I got, I'm pureeing food. I'm doing all the crazy cat mum things. But this little cat guy is still crunching on his hard kibble that he loves so much, but just on the other side of his mouth. And the first few days when it was bad, there were little bits of food falling out. And I know that you just have to, as my friend, listen to this now. And he was like like letting it all drop out and since then it's not happened because he's adapted he's found a way to keep eating his precious kibble and not making a mess and I know that he'll tell me when he's ready when the time has come but it's not quite yet in the next week to 10 days it's utterly amazing and so humbling. And I am incredibly grateful to have been his guardian and to be the guardian of those final moments. And then look, I've written a ton of notes here because I knew I'd get a little upset doing this. There's so many nice things that I could say. And I will share these on social media or I'll, I'll put a newsletter together because I did talk about grief last month, you know, I find, um, and I say this often as well, I do find I celebrate the holidays, I celebrate Christmas, and I do find it sad because, you know, I'll always miss my dad, my good friend, oh God, let's not get emotional here. And my birthday is just before Christmas and dad's birthday was just after Christmas. So it's all of those 
birthdays and holidays that you don't get to have with the person always makes me a bit sad because I want to buy a present, you know, those things. But I said in this podcast episode, because I gave you the tools that I use and that I teach to help me reframe grief. And I said in last month's podcast that to grieve is actually an honour. And that's really how I feel about Monty. When I was, you know, a 20 something and I got this lovely kitten who was just so cute and he still is cute, but well, oh, just he had my heart. When I got him, I never thought, well, I never thought I'd get to 40. I wasn't thinking, I definitely didn't want to die young, but I wasn't thinking there's going to be a day when you're 40 and there's going to be a day when you need to help your cat pass over the rainbow bridge. That was not going through my mind (laughs) when Monty came home with me that first day. Not, Not at all. And it's wild how fast yet slow things have gone because there's been so much life experience, so many life cycles, so many things have ended, so many things have begun since he's been in my life. And it's really incredible that there isn't going to be Monty holding that vibration, giving me snuggles, waking me up in the night uh, to, you know, just say hello, nocturnal cats. So these two big lessons that really I didn't think that this six months, this period of adventure in different houses and travelling a little bit, I really thought that the lessons I'd learn would be completely different. But I am learning again the power and gratitude that you can find in grief. I am learning the unpredictability of life and that there is a biology in my body that when I feel these emotions, these electrical currents, it sets off a series of physical responses. And this comes really, you know, I wanted to update you, but I always want to share a value point, share a teaching point. And this comes to my teaching point. What happens to me when I grieve or when I feel like I'm losing control is I can't sleep. But more precise than that is I can usually fall asleep but I can't stay asleep. And I'd love to share with you what I do to help myself find sleep. Now, this is about my pets. So if you're a pet lover, this is going to sit right in. But if you don't have a pet, I'd love you to think of when I'm talking about Monty, my lovely, beloved cat... (laughs) I'd love you to think of a place that you love in nature, a person that you love, but sometimes people that you love, they cause the brain to have other thoughts, whereas pets and places in nature tend to... to, um, It's not that they can't, like, stop you from thinking. It's that the series of thoughts 
the place where your mind goes at 2am tends to be less. So I do this even when I'm not going through the loss of a pet or going through the sickness of a pet. I love to think of my pets one by one and I like to think of them as a colour. Now, my colours that I use are to do with the energy centres in the body. But if you can pick a colour, like let it come to mind. So I have a client who's got a beautiful dog called Carmela. And when I think of Carmela right now, this cute Frenchie, I think of the colour yellow. And yellow responds to the solar plexus. And she is definitely a dog that is so, like, she's not feisty, but she knows what she wants. Like, she's confident. She is a confident pup. Um, I have another friend who has the sweetest dog called Zola. And when I think of Zola now, I just see greenness and green corresponds to the heart. She's definitely the heart and soul of his life right now. So lovely Zola. And this is what I do with my pets. Sometimes when I can't get to sleep, I'll just think about what colour they're radiating at and where in my body that registers. So if you want to know the energy centres, the first energy centre, I like to think of it as like safety and home, and that's red. The second energy center is orange, and that's more about like the pleasure that you can find in life. The third energy center is yellow, and that's the solar plexus. It's the sense of self. Green, the sense of heart. Blue, communication, sits in the throat. The third eye is like a purple. And then the top of the head is like a white, like a white violet light. And I love these colours so much. I love thinking, like having that first intuitive thought about what vibration I'm picking up from my pets. And I find it so soothing, it sends me to sleep. But really, you can think about it from for anywhere. Like you can think about the lake you used to visit as a child or the mountains you've hiked with friends, the beaches you've played on with your children. You can think of a friend's pet. You can think of the bird you saw today. You Anything that just takes you out and has you thinking about life force as a vibration that you can see. So usually when I do this, I always see Monty in a yellow light, radiating yellow, full of confidence, especially at night because, you know, he's nocturnal. He's patrolling the house. Um, I see my very smart rescue pup Moana as blue. She's communicative and she really is, you know, for someone that's nonverbal, doesn't speak, she tilts her head to just the right angle to convey what she means where are we going what's this and raises her eyebrows and then I have this amazing other rescue pup called Magnus who is the biggest lover in the world and he will usually be red 
or green. So that's home, foundation, or he's love. And that's really him. And when I think about it in just those simple terms of what's the vibration that they're holding, it just makes me smile and I drift back off to sleep. But this day that we came back from the vets and I was so tired after seven hours in, you know, it's a it's a clinical place, isn't it? So it's it's cold and the lighting is quite harsh and all of these things. And seven hours in there and receiving bad news, I just fell straight to sleep. But I woke up with a start at 2 a.m. and I was like, wait, Daisy, you do not have the capacity right now to have a bad night's sleep and have to deal with everything you have to deal with in addition to not eating properly, like, you know, eating bad food when you're tired or making poor decisions when you're tired, like all the ways that it negatively affects your your following day. You don't have the room to do that right now. You have to be a guardian to your little cat and he needs you to be his guardian, his number one person. So I decided to do my feeling into my pet's vibrations or feeling into their auras, however you want to do it. I just see it as energy and it's just nice. And um, that night when I did it at 2am, his aura, his energy field had changed. He was no longer yellow and he was a violet colour. And I was like, oh, he's moved up the energy centres. He's in his crown. He's in his most spiritual side he's understanding himself as not just predator or prey you know this like naughty little scamp with claws he's understanding himself and this part of his life and what was interesting is when I thought about my dogs and the vibration that they would be I saw purple which is the third eye. And I do feel like that's where they were at. They were intuitive. They were understanding that something was happening to their friend. Something bigger than them, something spiritual, something that wasn't just about tea and treats and walks and this adventure that we've been on and And it instantly made me feel calm because in that moment I started, not just because of the bad news, but because I didn't have control. That things weren't working out as I thought that they should be, as I'd anticipated them to be. But it was okay because there was an infinite intelligence, far greater, smarter, faster than me, that was already programming, already queuing up all of the most important elements so that there would be safe passage, so that people wouldn't fight their situation. Makes you realise how intelligent animals are in comparison to us humans who do sometimes make a mess of things. So every night I've been doing this practice and every night I've seen Monty as red and then as a violet light. 
so safe and protected and just resting and realizing and being okay with his next step and my dogs have changed color but there's some purple in there too and when the time comes in the next week I'm sure that there'll be more purple I really suggest that you you do this and I will end this episode with just taking you through the practice with me. So since this is meant to be done at night to help you sleep, I'm going to assume that you're lying down, that you're comfortable and that you're not operating any kind of machinery. It's lovely to close your eyes and imagine. But whatever feels good for you in this moment. So, take some deep breaths. Really feel your lungs fill up. And let them lazily deflate. Filling up again and lazily deflating. There is no rush, there is no need to stress or worry or feel like you need to get anything right. Just breathe like you have no problems in the world. Just breathe like you are on a beach with no place to go. Now, if you're still feeling restless, roll your shoulders back and let your the soft part of your throat, just let it loosen up. Breathe lazily again. And then think of something that makes you happy. A place, a pet. And when you think of this place, what color resonates? Or this pet, or... It can even be a thing. What does this color tell you? How does this color make you feel? How would this emotion, this energy What would it give you unconditionally? And why don't we think of something else? A place, a pet, a person that makes you feel happy. Let's do another one. So 
See if you can imagine them really clearly. So if it's a place, imagine what the sunlight would look like or what time of year it would be in the season and how this would affect the geography or the weather. If it's a pet, perhaps there is a time of day that they were um, more active in or there's a particular collar or place that you like to take them to and expression on their face. And of course, if it's a person, a friend or a loved one, just think about them smiling at you or telling you something funny, a funny story about their day, a funny joke. And as you remember and imagine them more clearly, allow a light to appear around them. And what colour is this light? How does this light make you feel? What energy or emotion do you think this light holds? And how can you share this light? Can you connect yourself by a cord of energy, a cord of light? Can you just reach your arms out and feel them near? Can you take a deep breath and feel like you breathe that light, that life force in? And just keep doing this until you feel relaxed enough to gently and lovingly fall back asleep. So I invite you to give me any feedback if you try this exercise and if it helps you. I also, you know, would love to hear from you if you're going through a similar time to me or you have advice for me, um, anything. It's always good to hear from you please email me at hello at spiritualmixtape.com or reach out to me on instagram tiktok wherever you are hanging out digitally if you're going through a loss i'm sending you my love and i really hope that soon you'll be able to see the silver lining you'll be able to see or feel the gratitude of having shared an experience with this person, pet or place that you no longer belong to or belong with. See you again next time.